You are listening to the new Mutual Audio Network. Welcome home. The following audio drama is rated PG-13, suggesting that all children under the age of 13 should listen accompanied with an adult. A story of how to live after you've survived. Today, on Chatterbox Audio Theater. Hi everyone, this is Bob Arnold, Executive Director of Chatterbox Audio Theater. Welcome back to the podcast. I'm really excited to bring you the seventh in our 12 shows in 12 months initiative. And this is our first two-parter. So today we have part one of an original script by Evan Linder and conceived by Mary Hollis and Bowden. Uh, It is a powerful, moving piece called The Warriors. I do want to warn you that today's show has some intense scenes uh, and some strong language in part as befitting its subject matter. Uh, But just if you're a sensitive listener, just a heads up. Also, I want to say thanks to everyone who auditioned to be part of our recording of the second installment of Spoon River Anthology. By the time you hear this, that recording process will already be underway, and you can look forward to hearing the results later in the summer. Thanks again for listening, and enjoy part one of our production of The Warriors. Chatterbox Audio Theatre presents The Warriors by Evan Linder, conceived by Mary Hollis and Bowden. Part 1. Tell me the truth. I will. I swear. You better. Okay. (laughs) Truth. You sat at work all day today wondering what I was going to wear tonight, didn't you? That is not the truth. Yes, it is. (laughs) Nope. Actually, I just surf the internet all day. All day? Seriously. They should fire me. It's all I do. I don't even remember the job I got hired for anymore. I wish I could get paid to be online all day. (laughs) You know, you're pretty popular on the internet. Is something I should not say to a girl I'm on a date with. Was it something embarrassing? No, nothing debaucherous. Okay. I googled you. You googled me? I googled you. Well, Jeff, that's flattering. Yeah, well, you know, it's been months since I googled someone. Although googling me before a third date was a little presumptuous of you. (laughs) Like I said, it's been months. Anyway, it's just that your name is very much your name. Right. Nobody else has it. It's very easy to narrow down a Mary Hollis in Bowdoin Google search. Sure. 
And you never just go by Mary, do you? Oh, no. Double name. Like a good Southerner. <laughs> so what'd you find? You've been in a lot of plays. That's true. And you played a lot of lesbians. <laughs> That's true. Like a lot. Six. I've played six whole lesbians and I'm only 25. That's awesome. It's something. I don't know what it is. <laughs> so what? You just sat at work all day and Google stalked me? <laughs> See, I shouldn't have said anything. Oh, please. I Google myself like every day. Seriously? Oh, yeah. I'm an actress. <laughs> Uh, and I listened to your NPR interview from a few years ago. I figured we might be getting to that. Are you cool talking about it? Um, yeah. Yeah, I'm fine talking about it. Okay. I just want to make sure, because I have like a million other things I'd like to talk about with you, so I don't care whether we do it now or ten dates from now. It doesn't matter. Ten dates from now? Yeah. Whenever. Okay, well, maybe we can just get it out of the way now. Okay. And I don't have a problem talking about it at all. I just rarely bring it up. I mean, no one ever asks me about when I was 12. Exactly, but no, I'm fine. What did you want to know? You were actually in Jonesboro. It was just such a shock to see that. They introduced you as school shooting survivor Mary Hollis and Bowden. Yeah, Oscar winner Mary Hollis and Bowden would be so much cooler, wouldn't it? You really are fine talking about it. It was 13 years ago, Jeff, and I left home for Memphis when I was 16, so... Your best friend was killed. Yeah. Paige. Paige, Natalie, Brittany, Stephanie, and my English teacher, Mrs. Wright, were all shot. And the kids who did it were 13? Mitchell was 13. Andrew was 11. That's unreal. Yeah. Andrew pulled the fire alarm while we were all in class and ran to meet Mitchell in the woods behind the playground, and then... We all started to file outside for the fire drill, and they started shooting at us. Don't make that face. I don't want to tell you how to respond, but I don't want you to worry. Please, just... (laughs) There. Your face is perfect. That smile is perfect. Good. So anyway, after the Virginia Tech shooting happened a few years ago... Right. NPR called me up to do an interview, like I'm checking in with someone who's been through this before. They're out of prison now, aren't they? Um, they were both released from prison, but after two years or so, Mitchell was sent back on gun charges. Guns, drugs, a bunch of other stuff. He's back in for like 15 years. And Andrew? Nobody knows where he is. He's just out there. Somewhere. Oh, here's something you won't read about me on Google. What? We all went to five funerals in two days together, and the one song that they played at every single one of the funerals was... You want to guess? I have no idea. My Heart Will Go On by Celine Dion. Oh, God, why? It was 1998, Leo Fever, so Kiss FM in Jonesboro started playing this radio edit of My Heart Will Go On for us. You remember how stations used to make edits with Jack and Rose's dialogue cut in with the song? Yep, I do. Right, well, they made a Jonesboro edit of the song, and cut throughout the song, you hear a 911 call and news reporters and voiceovers from people talking about the shooting. Where did they play this? On the radio, while we were driving to school. You know, months afterwards, they would play this. Why did they think anyone would want to hear that? People loved it. I promise, they did. Ugh. Grief set to pop music. People couldn't get enough of it. That is so messed up. Tell me about it. That's why I still can't stand hearing that song. No one can stand that song. Yeah, but to me, it makes me think of this group of kids being told that Celine Dion would tell us how we were feeling. She'd tell us everything we needed to know about our grief in a pop song. (laughs) You know, something I really liked that you said in the interview. She asked you what you would say to the kids at Virginia Tech, and you said there was nothing you could say that would comfort any of them. Yeah. But you said that they all needed to band together and stay close to each other because they were going to help each other heal. They all went through it together. 
Right. I thought that was great. So you're still close with the kids in your class? I know all of them are. Almost everyone stayed in Jonesboro. They're all marrying each other and having kids. But you don't stay in touch with them? No, I don't. And why'd you tell the Virginia Tech kids to? Um, I don't know. It seemed like the right thing to say. Stay close to each other, help each other heal. That seemed like very safe, good advice. But not good enough for you? called a hypocrite can really torpedo a date. Especially if calling you a hypocrite is kind of accurate. Yeah, Mary Hollis, why didn't we stay close? You're saying it like it's my fault. Oh, no, come on. No one needs to get defensive. Staying in touch is a two-way street. I wanted to. Everyone's so busy. We're all grown up, we've got husbands, and and real jobs. Exactly. I've, well, I've got a job. At a coffee shop. Now remember, y'all, she's far away now. In New York City. Chicago. And besides, staying in touch can be trickier than it seems. Oh, I know, especially from far away. I mean, when all you got is your cell phone, email, Facebook, instant message, and video chat, you realize just how limited your options really are. We all could have done better. We did better. We're all close. I mean, you know, I'm still in grad school in Memphis, but... I get home every chance I get. He can never stay away too long. We were honeymooning in Waikiki, and Logan surprised me by bringing me home to Jonesboro two days early. We couldn't wait to get back. (laughs) We couldn't wait to get you two back. I come home every Christmas for a few days. Really? We never hear from you. I came home for three weeks at Christmas. Man, that was a blast. Yeah. Maybe next Christmas one of us can run into you and your mama and Target or something. You know we won't run into them at Church. Well, half of you wouldn't even know what I looked like if you ran into me. Oh, I think we'd recognize you. We've had a pretty good reminder the last few years. Every Arkansas basketball season. Every game. Captain D's has ribs. Captain D's has ribs. Really? When the tender cut ribs hit your lips. That's our Mary Hollis. Still eating, I see. Still performing. Front and center on TV. Loud and clear on NPR. Smack dab and center stage. That's what they think of me. We don't have much more to go on. That's what they imagine I'm like. Well, this is what you imagine we're like. No, it's not. I just don't have much more to go on. Well, why haven't you just asked us? I've tried to. I've just never been able to press send before. I made a mistake. I had an opportunity to help people who were going through what we all went through, and I didn't. I just lied. Because it sounded good in my head, but it wasn't true. We didn't stay in touch. Last year was probably my worst. I mean, every anniversary is tough, but it was freezing cold here, and I was alone that night, and I kept wanting to pick up a phone and call one of you, but I was scared. So I went on Facebook, and I saw everyone leaving little messages on each other's walls. Thinking of you today. Love you. And I thought about how all of you stayed in touch. You talk. You spend holidays together. I want to spend holidays together. Otherwise, I'm just the girl that you knew from a Captain D's commercial a hundred years ago. And I don't even know if you all staying so close is a good thing or a bad thing, but I need to find out, because if it is bad, then I gave horrible advice to people who deserved good advice. And if it's a good thing, I want in. 
I'm coming home for a bit. I just decided that I... I need to come home. So I'd love to hear back from you. I'd love to hear how you are, what you're doing, if anyone wants to talk. I want to talk. Oh my gosh. I try to think about the last time I saw you and I can't even remember. I am so happy to see you. Me too. I can't believe I'm looking at your face. You are so you. <laughs> like exactly how I remember you. Look at your house. What? You have one. You have a house. I have a house. My mom and dad helped me out some, but it's mine. The house and the business. What business? Camille's to-do's. <laughs> it's a special event party thing for parties, events, stuff like that. I started it as a hobby. I mean, you know, I just wanted to get crafty. Oh, my God. Well, I did a birthday party for the people down the street, the Helmses. Then one for Pete and Laura's girl. And then people started liking what I did. That's awesome. Oh, and look at you. You're still doing your thing just like a million years ago. So, are you working on a bunch of movies? How does it work? Oh, no. I mean, the last play I did in Chicago, I got paid $50. Oh. Not per show, like the whole run. Ten weeks of work. Oh. Well, you're doing what you love, though. What about Ted? Where's Ted? He's gone. Long gone. We split up. Oh, no. Oh, Camille, I'm sorry. It's for the best. He wasn't a good dad. He was just stoned. But I have my two boys. Yes. And that's something I wouldn't trade for the world. They are precious. Sweethearts. Now you said two? I thought you had three. Nope, just the two. I must have remembered wrong. Russ and Joey. Where are they? Can I see them? Oh, they're with their grandma. Mama sits for them a lot. And how is Mama? Ooh, she's still a force. I like to call her a gale of wind. That's such a nice way to say it. <laughs> well, she's sweet. Oh, I remember. I figure it's like this. Mamas push you in the direction you are intended to go. You know, those mom claws. I think those are just built in when you have kids. Moms get that way. They want to keep you safe and protect you. With my boys now, I understand her a little better. You'll feel the same way when you have kids. Now Russ is the oldest? Yeah, Russ is four. The other day he was in the bathroom with me and he asked about my scars for the first time. You know. Yeah. I certainly never wanted to hide anything from him when he started asking. But you know, I still thought four was a little young. Right. Do you, do you want to see them? Do you want to see my leg? Um, sure, yeah. It's like a knot, right? But smooth, like marble or something. Do you think about it a lot? Like the actual March 24th? Oh, yeah. I remember all of it. Really well, actually, even though I was in and out of consciousness when it happened. I remember Haley and I were the last two out the doors after they pulled the alarm. We were laughing and joking on our way outside, because it was a fire drill, you know? We loved fire drills. And when the loud pop started, we put our fingers in our ears because we thought there were firecrackers going off. And Haley was going, whoever is doing this is going to be in so much trouble. And we were both looking down at the dirt, 
because you could see the little puffs of dirt get closer. And that's when I was knocked to the ground. I sat up, and I remember yelling, Okay, it's not funny anymore. I've been hit. I still thought they were firecrackers. Anyways, I tried to stand up, and I fell to the ground because I couldn't stand on my leg. And I looked down, and I saw all the blood and realized I had been shot. Haley dragged me right inside the glass doors, and she went and got in the corner and was rocking back and forth like a mental patient and yelling to get away from the doors. I remember thinking the shooters were going to come through those doors at any moment. I actually thought it was a war breaking out at school. Yeah, it was like a war. When you said you were coming, I got these for you. You know, I elected myself unofficial town historian and I put these together. Just about West Side and us and everything. Oh my God. Wow. Oh God, Camille. This must, this must have taken so much time. Yeah, it's good for me. It's good for me. Gives me time to, you know. Camille, is this all about the shooting? No, they're about us. But, but the shooting that day is a big part of who we are. God, I hope not. I'm wrapped up in it all the time. I make these books. I talk about us all the time. We live in a town where... This is who I am. No, it's not. You're Camille with your to-dos and kids and church and everything. This is a part of both of us. Mary Hollis, I have to do all of this. I'm here all the time, and it doesn't go away here. The only thing to do is to set it right in front of me and look at it. You know, Thursdays, a bunch of us meet over here, just for an hour on Thursdays. That sounds nice. But that's something, right? I mean, I wouldn't say that we just sit here and dwell on how sad it was that this happened to us. But we, we definitely all still talk about it. We certainly keep praying about it. What do y'all pray for? We pray for each other. We ask God to keep us all close and our family safe. And well, personally for me, I pray God is going to someday give me the grace to forgive Mitchell and Andrew. I try. I try with all my heart. Thirteen years later, I don't want to forgive them. Why should you? JC, this is Mary Hollis. Hey. Mary Hollis in Bowdoin. Yeah, I know. How are you? I heard you're in Memphis now. I think we actually missed each other by just a couple of months. You were getting there right as I was leaving for Chicago. Yeah, I knew you were up there now. So, how are you? I'm fine, Mary Hollis. I sent you an email last week. Yeah? And I was wondering if you had gotten it. I didn't know if I had the right email. I I got it. You did? Yeah. Oh. Well, good. I'm glad it made it to you. So... So how many people are you talking to? Just anyone who wants to. No one's being pressured or anything. I've had a bunch of people respond to me already. And you're calling everyone who doesn't get back to you? No, not everyone, but I did especially want to talk to you. Why did you want to talk to me? Because I 
I found your blog last week, your paintings and all the stuff you post up on your blog. I think it's amazing. Do you remember that you used to draw pictures of me in class? You drew me as a superhero and I got upset because I thought you drew me as too fat and the next day you'd drawn me another one where I had a six pack. I don't remember a lot. Look, I don't want to talk about the shooting. Well, it's going to happen. You can't just lump us all together in an email and then forget the only reason we're connected in the first place. You're accomplishing so much. You want to have a reunion of sixth graders with post-traumatic stress? There's a reason I walked away, and I'm not going back there. JC, I just wanted to know who you are. We'd probably have a lot to talk about. Look, I don't remember drawing you as a superhero, okay? I don't remember that at all, and to be honest, I think whatever you're doing right now, calling me, even if you're well-intentioned, it's just going to put a huge victim stamp on me all over again. Do you think that being all alone is helpful for you? You do understand that any other circumstance where you'd called me up to say hi, to say you'd seen my work, whatever, I'd have been happy to hear from you, but seeing my name cc'd on an email to a bunch of school shooting survivors, that doesn't make me feel special. Okay. You understand? I do. I'm really sorry. Goodbye, Mary Hollis. You don't want to be remembered as a victim? I don't even remember you being there. You know that? I have no memory of you on the playground that day or even being at school. Well, I was. Logan was the one who was sick that day, but I guess if we're all just a bunch of victims, it's easy to get us mixed up. Bye, Mary Hollis. Stop it. Oh, wait. Is this the girl I spent $11 on at dinner? Yes, it is. <sighs> Did I spend too much money on you? Was that the problem? Yep, that was the problem. <laughs> How are you? Busy. Yeah, I can tell. I came home for a little while to Arkansas. Wow. How is it? Great. Yeah, it's been real nice. Have you talked to any of the warriors? Oh, yeah. And it's been good? I think so, yeah. I do. I just... I didn't want you to think that I was ignoring you. I was starting to wonder. It's, um... I know. It's not me. It's you. Well, no, that's not true. It was totally you. If it wasn't for you, I probably wouldn't be doing this right now. I wouldn't be down here. Well, that's a good thing. Yes, it is. Good. I wasn't trying to come across as an asshole or anything. No, not at all. I'm glad you called me out when we were at dinner. I wasn't trying to call you out on anything. I know, but I needed it. I was one of, like, a handful of people in the country who could have actually told the Virginia Tech students what to expect afterwards, and I blew it. I just said something that sounded right. So how is everyone down there? I got to catch up with my friend Camille. She's good. She's a mom, runs a business. Actually, we spent most of our time talking about the shooting. Hmm. Is that bad? I don't know. That's just where we kept landing. It kept coming back to that. Maybe that's really all we have in common. Well, you've always had that in common, and you didn't stay close. Don't stress about it. Just make some new memories. I know that. I don't want to just come down here and say hi. I want them to come up for Thanksgiving or something. And do it. That's the one. Invite them. I will. I'm serious. So am I. I'll do it. Watch me. Do you get to talk to anyone else? Um, no. No, I haven't. I'm going to see my friends Logan and Danny later today, though. Will you let me know how it's going? If you're interested. I've tried calling you like four times this week. I'm interested. Too funny. You know that show Intervention? Yeah. I'm thinking about putting Danny on it. 
Because she's always late. Oh, God, Logan. Seriously. Her mom and I have talked about it before. She's not that late. It's not about how late she is. It's just more of a consistent thing. Like always five or ten minutes late. I'm fine. You know I was up in Chicago last year? Oh, yeah? Yeah, me and my dad went up for a trade show. You should have called me. You know, it didn't even occur to me that you were up there till Danny reminded me when I got back. Well, next time, please. You got it. Oh, Mary Holland. Hey, I am so sorry. I just got... You're fine. We've been catching up. Uh, Logan, did you offer her some coffee or something? She didn't want anything. You're not leaving, are you? Oh, you girls don't want to talk to me. And remember I told you this morning I'm teaching a guitar lesson tonight. Did you? I swear to you I did. Sorry I can't stay longer. I was really just grabbing my guitar. It was great to see you. So good to see you. Oh, did I tell you I saw your uncle last week? You did? Yeah, he said you were coming in town. Well, I told you she was too. I know. Yeah, my family's been real happy I got to come back for a while. I remember now. What? The guitar lesson. I remember you telling me about it now. Are you feeling good? Feeling good. You want me to pick something up for you on my way home? Only if you're stopping somewhere. Well, I'm only going to stop somewhere if you want something. I want Sour Patch Kids. Just say so. I'll get some Sour Patch Kids. I'll be home in a while. Bye, Mary Hollis. Bye, Logan. I hope we can find more of a chance to talk more. Me too. Mary Hollis. Danny. This is just... I know. It's great being back, though. So, Logan told you, I guess. I don't know. That we're pregnant? Oh. Boys. I had no idea. You must be the only person in the world who hadn't heard. I'm surprised you didn't hear my mom scream all the way up in Chicago after we told her. Well, Mama tries to keep me in the loop, but... I bet it's going to be a little girl. I do, too. My whole life, whenever I've imagined my first baby, it's always been a little boy. But when Logan and I were leaving after my first ultrasound, I told him, this is a girl. I know it. Yeah, I can tell. Just looking at you. It's a girl. (laughs) And you're teaching now? You're a teacher? Surprise! And you're teaching? Fourth. Fourth graders at Greenbrier. I actually applied at Westside Middle, but Greenbrier offered me a job first. You would have taught at Westside? Yeah, I would have done it. I still might, you never know. But I like where I am now. I love my students. That's good. Do you still sing ever? Logan's playing guitar still. No, I never do. In church where I can't be heard, I like it still. But I won't even sing to Logan. You're still singing, though, and acting? Yeah, yeah. Are you still seeing that British guy? What? That was such a long time ago. Well, I don't know. It's been forever. (laughs) Are you seeing anyone? Yeah, Jeff. He's kind of a dork, but I like him. Anyway, I just... I still feel so young, you know? Lucky you. But you and Logan just kept right on going. Yep. My mom says that we just wore each other down. And I love him. So? Wedding pictures? Yes. (laughs) We wanted it small. Eight bridesmaids, eight groomsmen. Dear Lord, only in Arkansas would a wedding party of 16 be small. My sister had 16 bridesmaids. 32 people total standing up there with them. It was completely insane. Well, I told you my mom said you and Logan's was beautiful. And the honeymoon was Waikiki? Waikiki? What in the world? No! We went to Savannah. Oh, Savannah's great. Yeah. We could only do a weekend, but it was perfect. It was exactly what we wanted. I did get sad once that day. 
Wishing Natalie had been standing up there with us, too. Oh, I'm sure. You know, there's a big part of me that feels that Paige and I would have always been close. That we would have just kept on being best friends. But the truth is, I have no idea if we would have stayed friends. Natalie would have definitely been in my wedding. You know, it's weird. I lost my best friend. You lost yours. I'm surprised we didn't latch on to each other more. I'm surprised we weren't closer. Yeah. I mean, we were. Of course we were. No, I I know what you mean. Oh, here's everyone. Oh, Danny. You two look so good. Thanks. Look at your smile. (laughs) When was this again? 2006. May. This is so adorable. (laughs) Is that... Is that Mitchell Johnson's brother? Uh Uh-huh. Curtis Johnson was in your wedding? Well, yeah. We're both friends with him. How? Because he's a good guy, and he's not his brother. But how did that happen? Well, Logan really started reaching out to him at the end of high school. You'd already left. Logan was just really going out of his way to be Curtis's friend, and I... I knew he was trying to do a good thing. Logan's a good guy. And anyway, Curtis still lives with his parents right down the road. You know they live on our property. No, I didn't know that. Yeah, the Johnsons pay rent to Logan's dad. They live right down there. I'm not sure if I could do that. Well, it was really hard for a while. I didn't know if I could do it. Pretty soon after we got married, Logan came in with this look on his face. Hey. Hi. I just just dropped Curtis off. I was going to go in and say hi to Gretchen and Terry, but Curtis told me. Tonight's not a good night, Logan. They already in bed? It's only nine. No, I... I just don't think you should. I'm just saying hi, being neighborly. Mitchell's inside. He's staying with us for a couple of days. He's staying? Here? I'm sorry, man. I really didn't even want you to know. He's not staying long, I promise. He's on his way to South Carolina. He's just passing through, just visiting. Shit. I'm sorry, man. Now I have to go home and tell Danny. She'll never see him. You don't have to. Yes, I do, Curtis. He's going to be gone soon, I promise. Okay. Thanks for taking me out tonight. I needed it. All right. You're a good friend to me. Bye, Curtis. And then you just left? No, I I just stood there in the driveway staring up at the house. I I knew I should have just gone, but I wanted to just keep watching the house. I, I wanted to know he was staying in there and not coming out. And finally, Curtis looked out the window and waved me off. Do you think we should still stay here? It's only a couple of days. You need to call your dad. He needs to call the Johnsons and tell them that Mitchell is not staying there. Danny, I'm not sure that's the answer. Logan, no! No! I can't have him this close to me. I can't. Danny. I don't think we should be seeing Curtis anymore either. Danny, we are not going to stop being friends with Curtis. We aren't calling my dad, and we are not leaving. We do not leave when things get hard. Please, I don't feel safe. Look, nothing is going to happen to us. I'm scared. He's a friend. He needs somebody. I'm sorry. You can't. You can't do this. If we have kids, do you want to raise them down the road from a place where he could just drop in for a couple of days whenever he wants? And Curtis apparently doesn't care at all. He'll let him in. I don't like it either, okay? I'm scared too. I wanted to go in there and and kick him in his head. That's all? What do you want me to say? That that I hate Mitchell Johnson? Because I do. I, I hate his guts. He tried to kill me though, Logan. Not you. If you had been there, I swear to you, that kicking him in the head would have been the last thing on your mind. I am not going to be punished by my wife for a case of strep throat I had when I was 12. You don't get it. You weren't there. God damn it, Danny. Curtis didn't do anything. 
He's as innocent as you or me. He's part of this. You weren't there, and it's not the same. I think you need to pray with me. I have a tendency to freeze when things get too intense. Remember the third grade play? I did it this day, too. I just stood there and froze, staring at him. I knew I had hurt him, but I didn't care. I wanted him to feel as bad as I did. Curtis is a good guy, and you know he is. If he wasn't, he wouldn't have started crying out there apologizing to me, telling me not to come inside. Are you a Christian? For Mitchell Johnson? No. No, I'm not. I'm going to pray. I'm going to pray for us. I'm going to pray for the Johnsons. I'm going to pray for Curtis. And after I'm done with all that, I might even throw up a little prayer for Mitchell. And it would mean the world to me if my wife had the strength to pray with me. But that's up to you and God, I guess. What did you do? I prayed with him. It's never been so tense after. Mitchell being back in jail now helps. And Logan was right. Curtis is a good guy. No matter where you come from, you can still choose to be better. And you believe that? I have to. listening to part one of Chatterbox Audio Theater's production of The Warriors by Evan Linder, conceived by Mary Hollis and Bowden, with contributions by Sarah Giddenstein, Wes Needham, Whit Nelson, Nicole Pellegrino, and Michael Peters, featuring Molly McDaniel as Mary Hollis, Eliza Moran as Camille, Kara McHugh as Danny, Zach Williams as JC, David Hammonds as Logan, Robert Arnold as Jeff, and Landon Meldrum as Curtis. Music by Davis Hanrahan. Artwork by Cody Barnhill. Produced by Eric Sefton. Assistant directed by Morgan Baltz. Directed by Leslie Barker. This is Davis Hanrahan. The mission of Chatterbox Audio Theater is sparking imaginations through outstanding theatrical recordings. Download our shows, meet our cast and crew, and make a donation to support our work at www.chatterboxtheater.org. And that is the first half of our story. Uh, again, I want to say a very special, a very heartfelt thanks to Evan Linder and Mary Hollis and Bowden for entrusting us with this script. We think it is beautiful. We love it. And uh, we certainly hope that we are doing it justice. Head over to our website, chatterboxtheater.org, and you can hear the director of this piece, Leslie Barker, who is also our education director, having a nice, long, in-depth conversation with Evan and Mary Hollis about the genesis of the piece and some of the motivation behind it. It's a, it's a fascinating conversation, and that's available on our website chatterboxtheater.org up next i felt like an idiot i felt like how could i do this to myself i mean 
I couldn't talk about it, but somehow there it was up on the wall, and I couldn't get it down now. Mary Hollis continues the process of reconnecting with her classmates from Westside Middle. I couldn't even move. After about 30 seconds, one of the little girls asked me, Should we line up? And my first instinct was to block the door and not let anyone go. Some of them have left the past behind, while others have learned to accept it. We were a podunk town with too many guns, and that made it bound to happen. You don't feel that way, do you? Would you care if I did? Yeah, I would. I love this town. We're starting a family here. We conclude our story of survivors reclaiming their lives in the aftermath of a terrible tragedy with part two of The Warriors. That's coming up in a few weeks. In the meantime, remember, we've got more than 48 hours of original audio theater just waiting for you at our website, chatterboxtheater.org, or on iTunes. And hey, while you're there, if you like what we do, why not leave us a review? That would help us out tremendously. Thanks again for listening. Hope you enjoyed it, and we'll see you next time on Chatterbox Audio Theater. You're tuned into Monday Matinee on the Mutual Audio Network. Tomorrow is all things horror on Tuesday Terrors. Subscribe to the full Mutual Audio Network feed for every day. Or find Tuesday Terrors in your favorite podcast players. The Mutual Audio Network. Listening and imagining together. Together.